It is time for us to begin our midday program here on KRVN on a sunny Thursday, and that's a nice thing to say. We haven't been able to say that very much. Scott Foster in here with you, along with Jason Jorgensen, Bob Brogan, and Susan Littlefield as we preview upcoming events here on uh, KRVN during this midday roundtable session. And we'll start things off with Susan Littlefield. What do you got for us today, Susan? Well, thanks, Scott. Another busy day coming from the farm team. We kick it all off at 1219 as I talk with a company that is retiring one seed name but bringing in a new one. We say goodbye to Mycogen Seeds and welcome Bravant Seeds. Then at 1245, Alex will step in to talk about the biggest grower competition. And wrapping everything up at 117, Rebel talks with a rural student who has awarded $50,000 in a Burger King scholarship. That's coming up on the midday from the farm team. All right. Thank you very much. No more mycogen seed. That's really something. Let's uh, turn it over to Jason Jorgensen now. Uh, what's going on in sports today? Former Husker Prince Mukamara has a new team. He is signed with the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. At, Still, that doesn't ring, no, does it? <laughs> not like the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Prince is moving on. He's had a nice... Uh, Nice NFL career. It really has. You know, when folks start to look back on why Nebraska football has not been as successful as it used to be, Amukamara was the last first-round draft pick from Nebraska nine years ago. Is that right? 2011. So he started with the Giants, played for the Jaguars, solid player for the Bears, and now he will play for the Raiders. We'll tell you more about that. Also coming up, they have extended the dead period in NCAA college sports. This thing just keeps getting extended further and further. Uh, Now it's through a good chunk of the summer. And, of course, when you have those dead periods, then the universities can't bring anyone to recruit. And also what hurts, they can't have their camps. And those two kind of go, you know, all together anymore because they bring in the kids that they're interested to check them out. And if they like what they see, they offer them a a scholarship. Also, that's a big moneymaker for a lot of these sports programs at the Division I and the Division II level. But that is not going to be happening for a while. Now, they hope to get baseball started up in the state of Nebraska this afternoon. There, there, There is a lot going on with this, and they have a big meeting coming up tomorrow. Well, with the American Legion, the, the nationwide American Legion saying no, that kind of makes it a little bit different for the Nebraska American Legion. It kind of falls back to the Nebraska American Legion, and they have a big meeting coming up tomorrow. And I was talking to a local coach, and the, the hoops that they have to try to jump through to make this work astounding, but they're going to try. Well, it's good to get back to some of it. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate it. We take, turn it over to Bob Brogan now. And, Bob, uh, it looks like stocks are down just a little bit. Stocks falling on Wall Street. Investors rethinking earlier hopes for a relatively quick economic recovery from the coronavirus pandemic. The S&P 500 was down 1.2% after the first 15 minutes of trading following similar losses in Asia and even sharper drops in Europe. Meanwhile, nearly 3 million laid-off workers applied for U.S. unemployment benefits last week as the viral outbreak led more companies to slash jobs. The European Medicines Agency is predicting that there could be licensed drugs to treat the new coronavirus in the next few months and that a vaccine might even be approved in early 2021. That would be uh, good news, and uh, the sooner the better, I guess. Very good. That's all coming up on Mid. 
Rely on KRVN for up-to-date information on COVID-19. From closings, the latest governor's press conference, and DHHS virus reports, we'll bring you the facts and latest news on the coronavirus. Visit our coronavirus information tab at krvn.com for up-to-the-minute local and state news and tune in every weeknight at 5 p.m. for a special KRVN this evening. Depend on KRVN to keep you informed on COVID-19. Time for us to take a look at our weather and how it's affecting agriculture for us and around the world. Scott in here along with Paul Perkins. And uh, Paul, uh, we're starting to see, we're seeing a lot of sunshine, especially a central part. Got some clouds working around in the, the southeast, I guess. Yes, they're still kind of hanging on as you're about uh, long and south of about an Omaha to York line to about the Hebron area. But to the northwest of that, lots of sunshine in much of you know, central, northeast, and southwest Nebraska, northwest Kansas. All those also those clouds into central Kansas. Also a little thinner band of clouds into west central Nebraska from about Valentine and Ainsworth to the Nebraska Sandhills to Ogallala. That will be gradually sliding to the southeast. But all in all, a brighter day across the area. <laughs> and what what a difference a couple days can make. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. After cool and cloudy for several days, I'm ready for some sunshine and more May-like temperatures for Me us. Me too. And, they, and the heat units for the corn. That's exactly. all coming. Yep. Get those crops going. Right now, most of our temperatures in the upper 50s to low 60s, at least in central and eastern areas of Nebraska, then we do have upper 60s to low 70s from west central Nebraska into northwest Kansas and much of uh, northern Kansas, basically, and northeast Colorado. As warm as 77, just ahead of a cold front in Marysville right now. That front is where we do see that cloud cover over southeast Nebraska to central Kansas. And also a thinner band of clouds, once again, as you head towards the west. Uh, maybe a few sprinkles from Ogallala to Sydney. A little bit of light rain right now south of Omaha through the Lincoln area to just north of Hebron. In between systems, for today, our temperatures will be seasonal with increasing sunshine across the central and west, expecting those clouds to linger pretty tough, especially into southeastern areas of Nebraska. With the approach of low pressure tonight, rain and thunderstorm chances move into the west and central and will linger some into tomorrow morning. After some morning clouds, some sunshine will return by tomorrow afternoon with some slightly cooler temperatures than today, but still nice tomorrow. The most likely period of thunderstorms moving through the region is tomorrow night into Saturday when that main area of low pressure tracks through the region. Total rainfall still only expected to range about a quarter to three quarters of an inch. Sunday and Monday, transition days to drier and much warmer weather. Temperatures on Sunday and Monday in the 70s, but much warmer than normal temperatures in the 80s to around 90 with some gusty south winds expected Tuesday and Wednesday when a high-pressure ridge moves overhead. That ridge starts to break down by next Wednesday night for some small thunderstorm chances, a better chance by late next week when that ridge breaks down even more. In our long-term forecast, warmer than normal temperatures likely for Nebraska and Kansas all the way from Tuesday through May 27th, and that does include the Memorial Day weekend. That better chance of warmer than normal temperatures coming up the middle of next week. Near normal to slightly above normal rainfall is predicted Tuesday through the 27th for Nebraska and Kansas. So temperatures for 7 this morning and 4 inches down in Nebraska. The upper 40s to low 50s in Kansas, the soil temperatures 
in the mid to upper 50s. In the regional drought monitor, dryness continues to expand. Drought-free coverage in Nebraska dropped 7 percentage points to 81% drought-free. It's abnormally dry along and south of a line from Imperial to Hastings and Omaha, basically along and south of I-80. Kansas dropped 4 percentage points to 45% drought-free. Abnormal dryness is found in much of the central and west. Moderate drought is along and south of a Goodland to Stockton line. Severe to extreme drought in southwestern areas of Kansas or if you're along and south of a line from Tribune to Hayes. Weather factors affecting market trade include typical spring temperatures and periods of rain from the Midwest and favorable rain transfers for international wheat areas. The Midwest will be warmer with moderate to heavy rain over the next five days. Most of that rain favorable, but some flooding is possible in the south and east areas. The turn to warmer conditions in the Midwest will favor crop development after the cold pattern of last weekend. In the southern plains, central and east areas expect additional rain through the end of the week. Western areas remain mainly dry with drought intensifying. Some chances for rain in the southern plains and warmer weather expected next week. Black Sea region wheat areas of Russia and Ukraine saw beneficial rain this past week. Periods of light rain expected to continue the rest of this week. Across wheat areas of North Europe, rain and cool weather will keep crop development slow this week. Southeast wheat areas of Europe are turning drier. Okay, well, geez, I hate to have to think about drought, but certainly uh, with some some hot and windy weather coming up, uh, we're going to see more of that. Exactly, and unfortunately, the rainfall that we're expecting from these thunderstorms that will most likely move through tomorrow night into Saturday, not going to produce a whole lot, but hopefully it'll offset those very dry and very warm to windy conditions as we hit towards the early to mid part of next week. All right, very good. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. Where do you go to check in on your weather? Weather tab, krvn.com. The retirement of one seed brand and the welcoming of another. Good afternoon. I'm Susan Littlefield on the Rural Radio Network. Microgen Seeds is going to retire. In its place, Bravant. Mike Lozier is marketing leader and talks about what we can expect. Yeah, well, we've got an exciting, bold new brand. Um, latest from Corteva AgriScience, and it's a high-performance corn and soybean brand, and it's exclusive to retail in the Midwest and Eastern Corn Belt. And that's going to allow producers to really get the best of Corteva AgriScience so we can be sure that they're always ready for what's next. Is it going to be doing any replacing to any uh, current seed availabilities that are out there? Yeah, so with this, uh, with this launch, we are retiring the Mycogen brand, and launching this new brand in Bravant, but it's not just a new coat of paint on the wall. Uh, with this new brand, not only are we new, but we're bringing new. What are some of the new things that producers are going to be able to see for corn and soybeans? Yeah, what Bravant is going to bring to retail through Corteva is uh, an expansion of Corteva's genetics, technology, and traits. So again, a lot of these products retail, as long as their farmer customers have never had access to in the past. And we know that growing corn in the Midwest is such a, a huge part of our agriculture. What is some of those new things that we're going to see in the genetic pool that's going to, you know, rise you guys to the top? Yeah, we really like to think with Bravant, we've got something for everybody, whether that's top-end yield, consistent performance, agronomics. We really feel like we have an answer for, for every one of those fields. 
What are some of the genetics that we're going to be seeing? Because you said it best, you know, it's not paint on a wall. It's something completely new and different. Yeah, we are, we're excited about our lineup. What you'll see in a lot of our messaging and the, and the look and feel of the brand. When I say bold, I mean it, but it's that humble confidence that we're striving for. And we're ready and willing to go bushel to bushel with anybody. We like our product portfolio on corn and soybeans and and we believe in it and we want to convey that to our retail partners and their farmer customers. Is there any certain varieties in your field trials that are that are really popping to you? Yeah, we like we like the way our performance is looking and you know, over some multi year data with the luxury of our on farm pre commercial testing through Corteva, you know, we're essentially vetting nearly three million different varieties so you don't just have to take us at our word you can take us at our proof but specifically to answer your question we're seeing gains across all the maturity zones and it's exciting when we look at our 108 day zone 103 day zone we've got we've got a pretty significant advantage when we compare ourselves head-to-head against the competition Will you be at any regional farm shows, a Husker Harvest Days, Farm Progress, to to really show these producers what's going on? Yeah, I think us, like everybody else, we're kind of seeing which events are still going to happen, and we definitely want to make a splash at you know the events we're signed up for. Can't really speak to that now as to which ones for sure we'll be in, but you can count on us being out there and uh, representing the brand. It's, it's kind of fun, really. When I say we're not only going to be new, we're going to bring new. That's backed by over a hundred years of ag experience and science from that engine that's under our hood being Corteva AgriScience. So it makes us a brand new 100-year-old seed. Those comments with Mike Lozier. I'm Susan Littlefield, the World Radio Network. It's time for Midday Sports. Here's Jay. Hey, thanks, Tyler. Well, former Husker cornerback Prince Mukamara has signed up with a new team. He's now a member of the Las Vegas Raiders. Mukamara was a free agent after he was released by Chicago in February. He started 15 games for the Bears last season as he picked up 53 tackles. He also had 10 pass breakups. Next season will be his 10th in the NFL since the Giants drafted him in the first round of the 2011 draft. He is the last first-round draft pick from Nebraska. The NFL has updated its organized team activity schedules. The league hopes to begin their season on time. The NFL has extended its virtual off-season workouts through the end of this month. Now, NFL teams normally would be holding OTAs during May, followed up by June minicamps. Those activities are being done remotely due to the pandemic. Coaching and training staffs have worked with the players by conducting classroom instruction and on-field activities through digital applications. All 32 teams must submit plans for reopening their facilities to the league by tomorrow. Now, off-season workouts also must end by June 26th. College sports programs will have to wait a little longer before hosting prospective recruits on campus. The NCAA ruled yesterday to extend its recruiting dead period, which prohibits on-campus visits through June 30th. In doing so, it makes it nearly impossible for any school to conduct its usual prospect camps, which have become a big part of the recruiting process in recent years. Creighton will play at Kansas in men's basketball on December 3rd as part of the Big East Big 12 battle. Though the matchup was reported last month, the official date wasn't announced until yesterday. 
The Big East had an impressive 8-2 edge over the Big 12 last year in the first round of the challenge with the Blue Jays knocking up Oklahoma. Creighton is 6-9 all-time against Kansas with its recent most matchup coming back in March in 1974. And Nebraska Legion Baseball is planning now to hold the regular season this summer. The move comes on the heels of Governor Ricketts' announcement this week, allowing youth baseball and softball to begin on June 1st. Without national backing, teams will be required to get insurance before registering for the regular season. Vince Leibert, who's with the Lexington Legion program, is confident that something can be done. I might be overly confident, but I'm 95% sure we're going to play some baseball games here. I think we're going we're to come up with a plan. Things are coming together, and I'm fairly certain that we are going to play baseball here. Legion representatives will meet tomorrow to go over the tales and rules of the season. They will release that information on Monday on the Nebraska Legion website. That's sports. For more, find it anytime at krvn.com. Rod Reynolds hopes to expand his knowledge of the county he loves as he prepares to take the next step in his life. Reynolds picked up the Republican nomination at primary election to join the Dawson County Board of Commissioners as its 5th District Representative. Unofficial results left Reynolds with 184 votes to 161 for the incumbent Butch Hagen, who has been a member of the board for two decades. Both are Lexington residents. Reynolds is complimentary of Hagen and members of the five-member board. I think uh, our commissioners have done a great job They've, uh, there's a lot of experience on there, and uh, I appreciate that. Like I told uh, uh, Bill Stewart this morning, uh, I uh, expect to learn a lot from uh, my fellow commissioners and, and even Butch. I'd, I'll enjoy visiting with him and, and uh, getting some ideas. I just hope to bring fresh new ideas. Employees are very important to me, and hopefully we can uh, keep good employees Reynolds says it's a big position that involves roads, bridges, and other infrastructure as well as the courthouse and sheriff's office. Hot Meals USA has been serving meals to the Kearney community since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, and now they will travel to Lexington to serve the Dawson County community. Organizer Dick Cochran adds that volunteers have stepped up from around the community to help deliver meals. I know we have volunteers from the Rotary Club over there, from the Knights of Columbus. The Lexington Community Foundation is working well with that, so they'll be tying together to do that. I believe we have some people that had been working at the YMCA that will also be doing a call. Meals can be delivered or can be received by curbside pickup at St. Anne's Parish Center. To call in a delivery order, call 308-324-4647. During the Governor's Daily Virus Briefing on Wednesday in the Capitol, First Lady Suzanne Shore offered some words of encouragement to all Nebraskans. She thanked all who have stepped up during this time. I know that this is difficult on all of us and that we never expected to be here. Um, but I also know we're on the right path. I know what's going on in the state, and I am really impressed. And I appreciate everyone's strength and sense of community and resilience. And I keep saying this is a curse and a blessing. We keep seeing so many needs and challenges, but they have been equally met with great leadership and generosity and community support of our neighbors. So thank you very much. I know we're going to get through this together, and we really are going to come out better. That was First Lady Suzanne Shore. The number of Nebraskans filing new unemployment claims appears to be stabilizing, but is still far higher than it was before the coronavirus pandemic. 
The number of claims surged to a record 26,788 in early April and has slowly trended downward since. Reporting for the Rural Radio Network, I'm Austin Jacobson. Alex Wojcicki reporting on the Rural Radio Network, and I'm joined on the phone by Stacy Adams. He's an associate professor of practice in the Department of Agronomy and Horticulture at UNL. Stacy, thanks so much for joining us. Well, you're welcome. Well, we're here to talk about the biggest grower. It's a student gardening competition. Can you tell us a little bit more about what's going on here? Well, the intent of the project is twofold. One, we want to um, have an opportunity for students to reconnect with agriculture in a different way, so kind of stepping away from the commodity production that we see or big agriculture, and to look at specialty crops. And uh, specialty crops offer a variety of opportunities for young people, but we'd like them to reconnect with how to grow plants themselves. And the students who take part in this, what exactly are they going to be doing? Well, um, basically, we want them to kind of tie science into plant production because it seems for older people, you know, you grew up in a generation where we just went out and would garden and, and start things, and you would learn from intergenerational connection. But over time, we've lost a sense of that, and it, a lot of it has to do with technology and whatnot. So you can pretty much look up everything on the Internet, but when it comes to hands-on doing, there's a lot of nuances that we're hoping that kids will learn from this. So we're going to provide instruction, how they can do it, but we also want to overlay the science behind it and hopefully build some intrigue and interest in it. And this year it's a little bit different because it's virtual. What what will that look like? Well, the original intent of the project was to be a team-based project for youth to, 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 to connect in their groups wherever their community or locality was. But given the COVID virus situation, we had to move this project to distance, and we had considered about not even having it. But we think actually it's even more important that we do this because people need something to do outside of their house. Um, so this is going to be virtual in that we're going to have students sign up independently and we'll create 10 different teams in which it'll be randomly selected on how you're put into these teams. Now, we know that not all kids will have a garden of their own, uh, so we're offering two different components. Either they can garden in their, their yard if they already have one, or they can do what we call container gardening. But we'll divide these people up accordingly so we have a good balance of teams. Now, what we've created is one of our horticulture students will become your garden mentor. So each week we'll be offering an educational um, online a module that explain what the activity is, what they're going to do, and we'll have some little video segments. And then the teams, and the teams will have 10 students in them that actually have a one-on-one FaceTime uh, through a Zoom connection, uh, and they can ask questions, and if, if the student has a video or something they want to show and they have a question, they can have this one-on-one connection. And so the activity will occur for a 10-week period, And through that, we want the students to start collecting information, so how much product they grew, uh, what did they do with it, and 
Did they eat it? Did they distribute it or whatnot? So there's a lot of different features to making this a hands-on activity. And it mentions the word competition. Are students competing for the biggest and best produce, or how does that work? Well, um, there's going to be multiple aspects to the biggest grower, but ultimately the team together will be producing as much product as they can in a limited space. So we restricted it to 80 square feet, so it's an 8-foot by 10-foot garden, or to um, less than 10 containers uh, that they'll be growing the material in. So the team will be keeping track of their own product, how much they grow, it'd be uh, counts and weights, and then we'll also be keeping track of the distribution of the items. So did they eat it themselves? Did their family eat it? Did they give it to neighbors or did they give it to the food bank? Or a neat aspect is entrepreneurship. So as a part of this, we'll be teaching them how to learn to market their product. So the biggest grower um, is framed around who's going to produce the most. Um, But they do need to provide all these documents because we do have a grant funding on it. So we want to measure the impacts with it. Now the winning team, so we're going to keep it to 100 students maximum this first year. um, And we're going to offer it hopefully in the coming years. But the winning team, each student on that team, will get a $50 Amazon gift card, and all participants will be getting a T-shirt. There is also an opportunity, so this is for uh, uh, youth going into ninth through 12th grade of high school. So any student that's a junior or senior year can also compete for a $1,000 scholarship to the Department of Agronomy and Horticulture in the College of Agriculture and Natural Resources at the University of Nebraska. And this is limited to 100 students, so I I assume first come, first serve. How do they get registered to be a part of this program? Well, they can actually go to the University of Nebraska website at agronomy.unl.edu slash thebiggestgrower. And one last question for you, Stacey. When's the last day that students need to be registered for this program? Well, the uh, application period is open now, and they have until uh, May 22nd to apply. And hopefully from that, if it's not filled up, they'll be able to get themselves signed up. All right. Great information. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. We've been joined by Stacy Adams. He's a Nebraska Extension educator as we've been talking about the Biggest Grower Competition. Broadcasting from the Nebraska Soybean Board News Desk, which is brought to you in part by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, you're listening to the Rural Radio Network. With the Business Report, I'm Bob Brogan. Stocks have been falling again on Wall Street as investors rethink earlier hopes for a relatively quick economic recovery from the coronavirus pandemic. The S&P 500 was down 1.2% after the first 15 minutes of trading, following similar losses in Asia and even sharper drops in Europe. Treasury yields also fell in a sign of increased pessimism. Wall Street is pulling back on earlier bets that the reopening of economies around the world can lead to a quick bounce back from the current severe recession. Nearly 3 million laid-off workers applied for U.S. unemployment benefits last week as the viral outbreak led more companies to slash jobs, even though most states have begun to let some businesses reopen under certain restrictions. 
Roughly 36 million people have now filed for jobless aid in the two months since the coronavirus first forced millions of businesses to close their doors and shrink their workforces, according to the U.S. Labor Department. Still, the number of first-time applications has now declined for six straight weeks, suggesting that a dwindling number of companies are reducing their payrolls. The European Medicines Agency is predicting that there could be licensed drugs to treat the new coronavirus in the next few months, and that a vaccine might even be approved in early 2021 in a best-case scenario. The head of the European Regulators Vaccines Department said in a media briefing today that approving medicines to treat COVID-19 might be possible before the summer, citing ongoing clinical trials. He said that if some of the current vaccines being tested proved to be effective, they could be licensed in the beginning of next year. French pharmaceutical group Sanofi says it will make its COVID-19 vaccine available in all countries when it's ready. The statement today came hours after the company's CEO said the U.S. will get first access. Sanofi CEO Paul Hudson's comments prompted angry reaction from the French government saying the move would be unacceptable. For the Rural Radio Network, I'm Bob. The 2020 Census is the topic of the next Rural Radio Forum. Join us Tuesday, May 19th from 3 to 4 Central, 2 to 3 Mountain on 880 KRVN. Guests include Nebraska Governor Pete Ricketts, UNK Professor Dr. Peter Longo, a representative from the Center of Public Affairs and more. We'll learn about the importance of the census, the impacts on rural communities, notably on the agricultural sector, challenges faced by officials to ensure everyone is counted, and more. The 2020 Census on the next Rural Radio Forum. Needs. One rural Nebraska student received a king-size surprise last week. Ashton Erickson, a member of the Hayes Center class of 2020, was awarded one of three $50,000 scholarships from the Burger King McLaremore Foundation. Ashton, what was your reaction to this news and how did you find out about the award? I was very surprised by this news. Um, I was supposed to graduate last Saturday, and I didn't obviously get to do that. So my parents, grandparents, cousins, and siblings surprised me um, with this scholarship. This is a big deal. Walk me through exactly how you found out about the scholarship. Um, Well, I was supposed to graduate last Saturday, and we obviously couldn't really do much. So my parents asked me if I wanted to go to the Copper Mill and McCook since restaurants were opening up. So they told me to get dressed up. My grandparents, cousins, siblings, we would all go to McCook and eat supper. So I got ready and we were getting ready to leave. And they told me that I had to stay upstairs because they had a surprise for me. So I was getting ready to walk down the stairs and my dad was videoing. So I thought that was kind of odd, but I just rolled with it, I guess. And then I walked downstairs and all my family members were holding a poster, but I couldn't see what they said. But my grandma flipped over her poster, and I read it, and it said, Today you were supposed to graduate, but you are still the winner of a Burger King McLemore scholarship for dot, dot, dot. And then each member of my family held up a number to represent $50,000 that they flipped over. And when I saw that number, I was just completely surprised. I was not expecting that at all. Um, I still don't think it has really set in. But I'm so thankful. Um, My family members are so excited as well. Um, I know my parents are thankful for this as well. Uh, My grandma was very excited about the news. And my sister has some big shoes to fill, and she knows that. 
There are many national scholarships that you can find online as a graduating senior, but many students don't fill them out because they don't feel like they have a chance. What made you stop and fill the Burger King scholarship out? Well, I also had the same thought. You know, I'd never get this, but I just tried to fill out as many scholarships as I could, and I just came upon this one and just decided to fill it out. Paying for college is a daunting task. What does it mean for you to receive a gift of this size? I am so blessed and completely surprised that I have this to help offset my college education. It will really give me a leg up on my future. I'm so grateful. Um, as I understand it, there are some extra perks of receiving a scholarship from Burger King. Tell me about those. Well, I will be receiving some Burger King merchandise um, this week, hopefully. And I got to um, take my mom to Burger King on Mother's Day for free food. Uh, it's just kind of cool. They all know who I am. You will be famous here pretty soon because Burger King is featuring you in some commercials. <laughs> Talk about what that was like to film a commercial for Burger King. That is correct. Well, it's crazy. I don't know. I think my grandma had a better reaction than I did, so it'll be fun to see her on TV. Once again, I'm visiting with Ashton Erickson, one of three $50,000 scholarship recipients from the United States, Canada, and Puerto Rico from the Burger King McLaremore Foundation. Upon graduating from a high school with less than 30 students, Erickson will continue her education at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln in the fall. Broadcasting today from the Nebraska Soybean Board Studio, which is brought to you by Nebraska Soybean Farmers and their checkoff, I'm Rebel Saklocha on the Rural Radio Network. On the Rural Radio Network, talking with John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago, publisher of the newsletter This Week in Grain. John, as I see the settlement start to roll across my screen here, not a real exciting day in the grain trade. Yes, granted, we're a little bit lower. Digging down some decent export numbers, a little saber rattling going on both sides of this trade. So are we just kind of in it for the choppy sideways till at least we get these maids clear off the board and, and try to go forward? Maybe. I think there is some good signs here. Uh, one is I'm talking to you guys, gasoline's up six cents. So I'm sure in your area things jump a little bit there. Crude oil is going into delivery in the next couple of days, and we actually saw a draw on the inventory numbers last week. So, again, these are all supportive things that ethanol markets have probably bottomed here in near term. I'm not saying they're going to turn back on, but I think you know we're going to start to see the margins improve, especially as gasoline goes up. The third thing I'm going to be bullish on is the fact is that May contract, like you mentioned, is actually trading over the July. So kind of a weird dynamic that, uh, you know, you can kind of really get a good idea for how the, the, the cash is trading relative to the board once the board passes. So, you know, is that going to inspire a rally in the July? I hope so. I mean, I certainly don't want to see corn and bean prices stay down here, but um, I think those are the long-run things that uh, that you have to pay attention to. In the so, uh I'm trying to be optimistic here. I think sideways is the worst-case scenario, at least over the near term. You know, It's a little bit more of a challenge as you get into the later part of the year. Looking at that Brazilian real price this morning against the U.S. dollar, that just continues to erode. Now they're starting to face some of the pandemic themselves. Are we on the brink of a South American financial crisis, and will that actually give us more demand or hurt us? That's a good question. You know, if you got anybody who's in the like economics or you know international banking industry, I'd love to know the answer of how the money flow is going to change when somebody like that will default. That'll be what happens. They're going to owe bills to somebody, and they're saying not we we can't afford to pay our bills. Um, so what when that happens, you know, 
when you're starting to deal with different people and you're making, you know, purchases for things and doing business and somebody, you know, defaults on debt, it's always resets the relationship. So that is what I'm thinking will happen. This is a generational move here. You know, much like the dollar was a generational move back in 2008, I think the, we're now on the other side of it. The Fed has done what it can to kind of keep the strength away, meaning, you know, we're not seeing runs on banks, but from the international side, the, they have two choices, really. They can fund these international governments and actually give them money to help get back off their feet. I don't think that's going to be reality. The second thing they'll do is extend credit lines, which means they're going to lend them money uh, to a certain degree. And, and once those credit lines get cut off, then those then the surge for capital down there could improve. So until that happens, we're, we're stuck here. And again, John Payne, Senior Marketing Analyst with Daniel Zag Marketing in Chicago. More at danielzagmarketing.com. Trading future adoption of all risk of loss. And that'll do it for today's midday program here on KRVN. If you missed any of the interviews or want to rehear any of our segments, you can listen to our midday podcast at krvn.com or by subscribing to our midday podcast on Spotify or iTunes. Our midday podcast is sponsored by Devenny Motor. Howdy, folks. This is Rick from Devenny Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram and McCook. When you're ready to buy a new vehicle, expect that our hardworking, experienced staff will treat you just like family. Go to DaviniChryslerJeepDodge.com today. And remember, it's not a deal until it's a Davini deal.